You're listening to the Light for Living podcast, featuring the sermons of Emmanuel Baptist Church in El Dorado, Arkansas, where Dr. Clark Whitney serves as senior pastor. Join us for verse-by-verse messages through the life-changing Word of God. Along the way, we'll also feature devotional thoughts, Bible studies, and interviews, all designed to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen. If you have a Bible, I invite you to take it out and turn to the book of Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17. And we're continuing our series this morning, Traits of the Greats. Ten Essentials for a Life that Makes a Difference. And if you've been keeping count, we got less ahead of us than we have behind us. And if you came for the first time today, welcome. You came at just the right time. I hope that you picked up in the lobby before the service a little gift that we want to give to you. It's a little vial or a little baggie of mustard seeds. A little bag of mustard seeds. Somebody asked me before the service, if I plant it, will it grow? I don't know. You should try it and find out. Mustard seeds. If you don't have one yet, please go back and get one. The mustard seed symbolizes, as we've had little symbols each week, it symbolizes great faith in God. The mustard seed symbolizes great faith in God. It's so interesting that the Gallup organization that polls all kinds of questions to the American people, since 1944 they've asked Americans whether or not they believe in God. And it's very interesting that from the 40s and the 50s to the 60s, almost 100% of Americans say they believe in God. It started to dip a little bit. In 2022, only 81% say they believe in God. But listen to this. Less than 4 in 10 say that they believe God does anything on our behalf. I would say that if you don't think God can do something, he's not God. And and to have faith in God is more than just believing in him or knowing about him. It's putting everything you have in his hands and trusting him. The disciples once asked Jesus the question in Luke 17, and they said to the Lord, the Bible says, increase our faith, increase our faith. And the Lord said, if you had faith like a grain of mustard seed, if you had faith like a grain of mustard seed, if you got the mustard seed, I want you to put it in your hand. If you had faith like a grain of mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea and it would obey you. Let's pray together this morning. Father, I can't. You never said I could. You can. You always said you would. God, we pray for the presence of the Holy Spirit in this hour. We thank you for the perfect word before us and that Jesus still changes lives. Help us be people of great faith in you today. Help us be doers and not just hearers. For we ask it with a grateful heart and we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, there once was a man who went to a healing service. And at the healing service, there was an out-of-town evangelist. 
And he had the big hair. I could never be an evangelist because I don't have that much hair. And this man came forward at the healing service to the televangelist. And he said to the evangelist, he said, Brother, I need you to pray for my hearing. I need you to pray for my hearing. Without another word being said, the televangelist reached out and put his hands on the man's ears and began to earnestly pray for this man's hearing. After a few minutes had gone by, he turned to the man and he said, How is your hearing now? The man said, I'm not sure. My hearing isn't until tomorrow. <laughs> a lot of times we think faith is, uh, there's a common idea that it's a name it and claim it type of thing. That if we'll just have enough faith, we can say to this thing and it'll change. But the truth is, is that faith is a lot more important than that. God is not a magic genie granting us our wishes. We're supposed to pray in faith, not our will, but His be done. And when His will is done, He does things even greater than we can imagine to do with our faith. But Jesus said, if you want to have faith, if you just had faith like a mustard seed, you could turn to a mulberry tree and say, be uprooted and cast into a seed. He also said in another place, if you had faith like a mustard seed, you could move mountains. The thing about a mulberry tree is that it has a very aggressive and deep and strong root system. Kind of like a weed that you tug up in the garden and you just can't get it out. And symbolically, Jesus was saying, even if you just had a little bit of faith, you could uproot those things in your life that look impossible. I want to give you three things about faith this morning, and we'll talk about the mustard seed as we go along. The first thing I want you to see is the power of faith. The power of faith. What is faith? The Bible gives us a glimpse to the answer to that question in Hebrews 11 and 1. And the Bible says that faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the evidence and the conviction of things not seen. First of all, what is faith? Faith is the conviction that God is who He says He is. Faith is being convinced that God is who He says He is. Jesus said, unless you become like a little child, you won't enter the kingdom of heaven. My children don't go around the house worrying if the mortgage is going to get paid or if groceries are going to come on the Walmart delivery and be put on our table. Or if they're going to get medicine if they're sick. They trust not in, in those things, but they trust in their dad and their mom. In the same way, our trust is first and foremost in the person of God. That God is who He says He is. Faith is the conviction that God is who He says He is. It's also the confidence that God can do what he says he can do. It's the confidence that God is who he says he is and that he can do what he said he can do. The faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. This word assurance, your translation may say substance, the Greek word literally means a standing under. It's associated with a title to something that you would own. Now think about it like this. 
When you and I go to the DMV to get our driver's license or a license plate, first of all, you will take a number and you will wait for about six hours. And there will probably be a toddler who is screaming next to you. And you will sit in a, a rickety chair that's probably not been changed since the 1980s. And all of a sudden, they'll call your number at the DMV to get your driver's license or license plate. And the lady, bless her heart, she's dealt with so much. She will want your name, your address, phone number, two utility bills, eye color, hair color, social security number, blood type, and your sixth grade report card. And you're probably not going to have exactly what you need. And they will probably want a title too, to show that you actually own a car that you can drive and put a license plate on. That title is a, is a piece of paper saying that you possess something that the lady can't see. Faith is the title that we possess what Jesus says we possess. Faith shows us that we possess the righteousness of Jesus because Jesus possesses us. Faith shows us that, that we have His righteousness and His holiness and His strength and His peace and all the things He wants to give us because He possesses us. It's the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. It's also trusting God for the invisible and believing God for the impossible. That's what faith is. In Genesis chapter 18, God had given his promise to Abraham. And Abraham, even though he was an old man, God told him, I'm going to make your descendants so multiple, as many as the stars in the sky or the grains of sand on the seashore, even though he was an old man and didn't have a descendant. And he told his wife Sarah, Abram's wife, that she would have a son in her old age. And in Genesis 18 and 14, the Bible says, Is anything too hard for the Lord? Is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return about this time next year, and Sarah will have a son. All throughout the Bible, we get pictures of God doing the impossible. The boy with the five loaves and two fishes feeding 5,000 people. The widow with her two little mites clanging in the offering jar. The shepherd boy David facing the big giant Goliath with just some stones he found in the creek bed. God delights in impossibilities. He delights in doing things that only he can get the credit for. And faith is taking things out of our hands and out of our control and putting them in the hands of God and trusting him with the invisible and believing him for the impossible. Something small can be great in God's eyes. Even though the mustard seed is small, it grows to be up to six feet in height. This little bitty seed. And Jesus said, if you have uh, the faith the size of a mustard seed, it's going to grow. You see, the thing about faith, just the thing like a mustard seed, is that you and I cannot manufacture faith. A mustard seed, you, we can't create it. It has life in it, and life can only be given by the author of life, God himself. And faith is a gift from God. God made the seed, and the seed grows. 
We have to open our hand and allow him to put seed in it. Let me explain it another way. This is what Adrian Rogers said. The reason you don't have faith is not that you cannot. It's that you haven't opened your hand and you've not opened your heart and said, Lord, I receive. Listen, my friend, if you need to believe, you can believe. And if God is wanting you to have faith, and I tell you he is on the authority of the word of God, he will give you the faith you need if you will just simply open your stony heart and unclench your clenched fist and say, Lord, place the mustard seed in my hand. If you'll open your heart to God, he will put the seed of faith, his spiritual life, in you. Faith is also this. It's abandoning our plan and accepting God's plan. It's saying, I'm not going to have my way. I'm going to let God have his way. It's not saying, God, I have faith that I'll have a million dollars. It's saying, God, I'm going to trust you no matter how much money you give me. And in Hebrews 11, the Bible in the hall of faith says that Abraham obeyed when he was called out to go. You see, faith takes action. And he was supposed to leave this place where he lived, and he was going to the place he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. The invisible, the impossible. By faith, he went to live in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. When we accept God's plan, he builds faith in us, not that we see the whole picture, but we trust in his promise. Somebody once said a faith that can't be tested is a faith that can't be trusted. And it's through the crucible of faith going into the wilderness, Abraham not even knowing where he was going, that God produces faith in us. That's the power of faith. Take a little mustard seed and grow. The second thing I want you to see today is the priority of faith. The priority of faith. Why is faith so important? There's one thing that you hear today. I want you to hear this. The object of your faith is more important than the amount of your faith. Who you put your faith in is more important than how much faith you have. God does want us to have great faith. We'll see that in a moment. But we all have faith in something. I have a book in my library. It's called, I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist. Some of y'all will get that in a moment. Let me, let me explain it like this. If you and I have a, a medical condition, we'll probably go to a specialist in Little Rock or West Monroe. And we will go and we'll tell a doctor whose name we can't pronounce about our condition. And the doctor, a very good doctor, will diagnose the condition whose name we can't even remember. And he'll write us a prescription that we can't even read. And the prescription will go to a pharmacist who will prescribe us a medication of a medicine that we've never heard before. And we'll take the medicine in faith that that will help our condition. You and I exercise faith every day, whether you realize it or not. Who you put your faith in, in that case, a good doctor who knows what he or she's talking about, in the matter of life and death, the only one that can 
tell you about it, the only one who conquered death, the author of life. Who you put your faith in is more important than the amount of faith you have. The Bible says in Hebrews 12 and 2 that Jesus is the author and the perfecter of our faith. See, the thing about what God tells us to do and what he asks us to do is that he never asks us to do something that he doesn't give us the ability to accomplish. He never asks us to follow him without giving us the faith that we need to follow him. And if you please God, it doesn't matter who you displease. But if you displease God, it doesn't matter who you please. The object of our faith is more important than the amount of our faith. But I want you to know this. Because God is great, He alone is great, He wants to build a great faith in you. In Him, because He's great, the object, He wants to increase the amount of your faith. Charles Spurgeon, the Prince of Preachers, said this, A little faith will bring your soul to heaven. A great faith will bring heaven to your soul. A little faith will bring your soul to heaven. A great faith will bring heaven to your soul. 1 Corinthians 2 and 5 says that our faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. God wants to powerfully build faith in us. A strong faith. Someone said we're like Ikea furniture, some assembly required. We don't have the amount of faith that we ought to have. But God wants to grow us and assemble us and make us into the people that he wants us to be. See, the thing about a mustard seed is it doesn't stay little, it grows. And if you're not growing, you have to ask yourself, do I have faith? Faith in God, great God, great faith. Faith comes by hearing God's word. Romans 10 and 17 says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It's more than just believe. The Bible says the demons believe in God. Faith is actually putting God, giving him everything we have and putting it in his hands. Faith wants what God wants. Even in the garden, Jesus prayed in Luke 22, not my will, but God yours be done. You know what? If we were smart enough to know what we really needed, we would want what God wants for us. And sometimes when we pray prayers and we ask God for things, the best thing that he can tell us is no. Maybe the best thing he can tell us is not right now. And he knows more than we do. And if you're waiting on an answer and it's not coming, or maybe God's closed the door, I found out that the things that I wanted in my life selfishly were nothing compared to what God wanted for me. And when he said no... It was because he wanted what I would want for myself if I was smart enough to want it. Does that make sense? The production of our faith. Number three, how can I build great faith? If faith is a powerful thing and God wants you to have a great faith in him because he's a great God, how can you build a great faith? First of all, you must have faith in the person of Jesus Christ. Faith in the person of Jesus Christ. In John 11, Jesus said to her, I'm the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, he that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? Nobody was ready for the King James. 
Jesus said, if you believe in me, if you put your faith in me, even if you're dead, you will live. And if you live and believe in me and have faith in me, you will never die. The thing that we have to have faith in is the person of Jesus. He is the resurrection and the life. There is no way to get to God except through the person of Jesus Christ. In his graciousness, God has given us a way, but he's given us only one way, and that way is Jesus. There was a famous tightrope walker in the 1800s. His name was Charles Blondin. That is a picture of Charles Blondin. He was the first person to cross a tightrope stretched across Niagara Falls from the United States to Canada. Anyone ever been to Niagara Falls? Maybe you went on a honeymoon there. But this, this tightrope was stretched out over a quarter of a mile across Niagara Falls. And people came from Canada and they came from the United States to watch Charles Blondin do his thing. Well, he walked across Niagara Falls over a quarter of a mile, hoisted over 160 feet in the air above the water. Well, he did this on September the 14th, 1860. According to the Encyclopedia Britannica, after this, he didn't just walk across it. He did it several more times, and he put a little extra into it. Another time, Charles Blondin did it on stilts. Another time, he walked across Niagara Falls. Actually, he pedaled on a bicycle. Another time, he walked across blindfolded. One time, he even carried a stove, sat down in the middle of the rope, and made an omelet on the rope. Eventually, he pushed a wheelbarrow with a sack of potatoes in it. And he got to the other side, and he asked the people, do you believe I could carry a person in this wheelbarrow across the tightrope of Niagara Falls? And everybody told Charles, yes, we believe you are the greatest tightrope walker in the world. Well, he stopped and said, all right, who wants to get in the wheelbarrow? Faith is getting in the wheelbarrow. It's not just talking about it, it's being about it. And faith begins when you put your faith in the person of Jesus. The other things that we're about to talk about as we wind up will matter nothing to you unless you have faith in Jesus Christ. Amen? Then you have faith in the promises of God. The promises of God. Faith in Jesus that God is who he says he is, the resurrection and the life. But faith in his promises that he can do what he says he can do. And the Bible says in 2 Peter 1 that by his divine power, God has given us everything we need to live a godly life. He gives us everything we need to live for him. And we have received all of this by coming to know him, by being born again. And the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. Now listen to this. And because of his glory and excellence, he has given us his great and precious promises. His great and precious promises. You won't know how great and precious those promises are till you go through the fire. The faith that he builds in us is faith in his promises. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 1 that all the promises of God find their yes in him. In Jesus, all of the promises of God are yes and amen. And when he says he'll do something, he'll do it. And all the promises in God's word are yes and amen in Christ. Faith is also in the presence of the Holy Spirit. 
that God just doesn't save you and give you his promise in his word. He literally gives you his presence no matter what you walk through in life. And by faith, you can receive the presence of the Holy Spirit when you're saved. And Jesus said, I'm going to ask the Father and he'll give you another helper. And he'll be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot believe because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. Jesus said, by faith, I'm going to give you my presence. And he is going to help you just like I helped you when I walked this earth. He, the Holy Spirit, will be with you forever. And he will bring to you remembrance of everything I said. He'll comfort you. He'll guide you. He'll protect you. The presence of the Holy Spirit. I want you to also see faith in the provision of our needs. Now, this isn't saying that I want a Cadillac and God's going to give me one. Philippians 4 and 19 says that my God shall supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory. A lot of times around the house, I'll be wanting something kind of silly and I'll say, I need this. And Aaron will say, no, you don't. You'd be surprised at how little we actually really need. The Bible says that with food and clothing, with these, we shall be content. If you woke up with the ability to choose what you wore to church this morning, you're blessed. And we're given everything that we need and even a lot of things that we want. But God gives us everything that we need. The Bible says that they've never seen the righteous forsaken or the seed of God begging for bread. What does that mean? God provides us our basic needs of life by faith. And when we need it, he'll give it to us. Faith in the protection of angels. It's not popular to talk about today, but I, I believe there's a spiritual realm. And I believe there's a battle for your family for your, your thought life, for your very soul that's going on in the spiritual realm. It's an unseen realm, but it's just as real as me standing before you. And the Bible says that there are principalities and powers, but God also has his angels as agents working even when we can't see. I've been in a few situations in life because of my own hard-headedness or just not thinking it through. I was in maybe close to a near-death experience, maybe not near death, but I believe angels watching out for me. I believe that angels watch out for us even when we don't even know we need to be watched out for. Bible says in Psalm 91, for he shall give his angels charge over you. God will give his angels charge over you to keep you and to protect you in all your ways. Isn't that a good comforting promise? I have faith in that. Do you? Faith in the prayer of healing. Faith in the prayer of healing. The Bible teaches that there is a prayer of faith. This is what it says in James chapter 5. Is any among you suffering? Let him pray. If is any among you cheerful, let him sing praise. Is any among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. The Bible teaches that God still heals. That a prayer prayed in faith, that if it's in God's will to heal somebody, God can heal them. And it's not the prayer that, of faith that heals them, it's the God of the prayer that heals them. And it's when we put our faith in God that he can supernaturally heal people. 
I remember praying one time in a hospital room. There was no room, a place where this lady needed to go to. She had Guillain Barre's disease. And, and there was no room opening up, and she had to get there very quickly before she could get her treatment. It was a very serious situation. And we joined hands and prayed in faith. And a few minutes later, before I could even get to my car, I got a text. A room had opened up at a bigger hospital for her to go. I believe that God honors prayers prayed in faith. I also believe that God is not a magic genie. And that sometimes God heals through doctors, through medicine. We should get all the help we can possibly get. Go to those doctors you don't know their names because they know more than you do. But we need to pray in faith and let God be God and let him do what he says he can do. And the Bible says that the pastor's coming together and anointing with oil. Remember, the oil's just a symbol, but I believe it's biblical. The prayer of faith and the Lord will raise him up. Sometimes it's God's plan to heal through eternal healing. That's not a cop-out. That sometimes God doesn't heal this side of heaven. But when we are, are healed, when we're brought from death to eternal life, that that is ultimate healing. That's not a cop-out. That's true healing. But I believe God can heal people if we ask him to. Who are you putting your faith in? Who are you putting your faith in this morning? For protection, for presence, for provision? Maybe your prayer of faith over a situation in your life, a medical condition, a mental health issue, a dynamic in your marriage. Maybe your marriage is on the brink this morning. You may be even be headed for divorce. I don't know your situation. But who are you putting your faith in? The person you put your faith in matters more than the object of your faith. But God wants you to know him, and he wants to build in you a strong faith. Thank you for joining us today. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and share with a friend. We hope you'll tune back in next time to the Light for Living podcast.